Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hey, faithful listeners, welcome to today's episode. And we are in a new chapter of Luke today, Luke chapter 12. And we're actually going to be in this chapter for quite some time because there's a lot of content to it. It's very dense with content and it's also 59 verses. So we'll be in this chapter for the next few days or rather few weeks, I would say. So let's go ahead and start by reading the first few verses, Luke 12, 1 through 12. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. So feel free to grab your cup of coffee and sit back and enjoy. Meanwhile, when a multitude of many thousands had gathered together, so much so that they trampled on each other, he began to tell his disciples, first of all, beware the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light. What you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Aren't five sparrows sold for two Asaria coins? Not one of them is forgotten by God. But the very hairs of your head are all counted. Therefore, don't be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. I tell you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me in the presence of men will be denied in the presence of God's angels. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but those who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers and the authorities, don't be anxious how or what you will answer or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that same hour what you must say. Wow, I started choking through that. <laughs> Obviously, I edited that part out, but like, I, I don't know what happened there. I just started choking. Okay, Luke chapter 12, 1 through 12 here. So this multitude starts gathering around Jesus. He often had multitudes around him because Jesus was just a fantastic person. He was God in human flesh. So of course the people knew that Jesus was different. They wanted to be near him. So this multitude gathers and it says that there were many thousands of them, so much so that they were stepping all over each other. <laughs> they were trampling on each other. And so Jesus starts talking to his disciples first. I don't know if Jesus was like whispering to his disciples or like uh, talking to them very audibly so that the multitudes could hear or just talking silently. I don't know, but Jesus was talking just to his disciples, first of all, is what it says. So he says to them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And we know that Jesus has said this exact phrasing a handful of times before. He said that while he was in the boat with his disciples at one point, and they were like, what do you mean the yeast of the Pharisees? And they thought that, that Jesus was talking about like literal bread. <laughs> <laughs> like don't eat the bread that the Pharisees made or something. I don't know. But they did not understand it when Jesus originally said it. But Jesus now here is saying it once again. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And this is just symbolism. 
because yeast, I don't know if you guys ever bake bread. I only bake it on occasion, but I do make pizza bread. Like I make the crust of the pizza. And so uh, the one thing I do is I put yeast in the bread. And the yeast, even though you don't add very much yeast, it just expands through the entire bread. And for me, it makes two full pizza crusts, just one little packet of yeast. So it just expands among all the bread. So Jesus is saying the yeast of the Pharisees is hypocrisy and it's expanding across everything, basically. So beware that. Don't be hypocritical. Because that is the yeast beginning to spread. Does that make sense? I'm trying to to say this logically. But basically, hypocrisy can spread. And it really does. As somebody who grew up in a very legalistic church, for those of you who don't know what the word legalistic means, it means very focused in on the rules and not so much focused in on the heart. So growing up in that kind of church, you start to believe because you are you know, doing this rule and other people are not, that you're better than those people because you're doing this. For example, my church uh, did not like smoking. They did not like tattoos. They did not like drums in their music. They did not like girls not wearing skirts. So this was a very traditional church that I grew up in. Thankfully, I got out of that environment because I grew up kind of believing that I was better than other people who didn't do this stuff. I wore skirts all the time and I believed it. And I'm going to just say straight out, I am not blaming my parents for that. This was very much the church influencing me as a child. I was very involved in that church. I was very much enjoying it. The problem was, though, my parents did not integrate very well into that church. My dad was actually raised as a non-Christian and my mom was raised Catholic. And this type of church actually did not like Catholics. So... (laughs) So um, my parents did not fit in very well with that environment, but I did because I was raised more into that church. I, I started gaining friends and everything. So finally, my parents got kicked out of the church. Fun fact, we got kicked out of a church and everybody's true colors started showing because I was kicked out as well and I lost all of my friends. So that was very hard as a young teenager to lose all my friends, but I am so thankful that that happened. Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful. Because if that wouldn't have happened, I know myself. And I think I would have very much uh, continued on in that environment and started believing myself to be better than other people because I was doing this rule or that rule or whatever else. And on top of that, I would have been a very ineffective person for talking to people for Christ because I would have been more focused like the Pharisees on the rules of everything rather than on the heart. So I'm very happy I got kicked out of that church, but I kind of forgot my point of talking about this. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> the yeast of the Pharisees. That yeast spreads. The Pharisees are showing how wonderful they are, how great they are by following all these rules. They're telling other people to follow these rules. It's like bad yeast spreading all over the place. And so this hypocrisy, they're teaching other people to be hypocritical. And that was kind of my point with my my church story growing up. So Jesus is telling his disciples to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Be aware. Do not be hypocritical. And he talks about here in verse two and three about hypocrisy. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. 
Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light. What you have spoken in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. This is all talking about hypocrisy. That is why we hear all these awful stories about pastors getting exposed for doing such and such thing. You know, cheating on their wives, having sex with minors, being addicted to pornography, all these sexual sins we hear about. It's because they're living a hypocritical life and it eventually comes out. It's always going to come out. So Jesus says, beware of that because you will be exposed for what you're doing. So just don't do it. Don't be a hypocrite anymore. If you are, preach what you teach is what Jesus is telling his disciples specifically here. Then he says, I tell you, my friends, don't be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. Because what else can a persecutor do? And Jesus is changing the subject here, by the way. So he says, don't be afraid of the people who try to kill your body because that's all they can do to you. Once they kill you, that's it. They got nothing else they can do. They are pretty powerless, actually. But Jesus says, fear God who has the power to not only kill, but to cast your soul into Gehenna. And that is the Greek word for hell. So obviously we should be fearing God. So this was probably spoken to the disciples because the disciples were starting to, I would guess, get a little anxious because Jesus was ruffling some feathers of some pretty high and mighty people which were the lawyers and the Pharisees and the people that really did have the power to persecute them and kill them even. So the disciples might have been getting a little scared because Jesus was so controversial. But yet Jesus is here saying, don't be afraid of them. They don't really don't have that much power over you. The only power they have is to destroy the body. But they can't do anything to the soul at all. They never can do anything to the soul. God, though, can. God has the power to not just kill, but he also has the power to cast the soul into hell. So then Jesus talks about now how to not get your soul cast into hell. <laughs> Obviously, because that is the most important thing. That's the reason Jesus came down to earth was to preach the gospel to save people's souls, not necessarily their bodies. In fact, Jesus actually says that he's going to divide people with his message, which he has over the past 2000 years since he came to earth. I mean, people have been divided over what Jesus says. So Jesus didn't necessarily bring peace for the human body, the physical body, but he came to bring peace for the soul. So at this point, Jesus goes into talking about just teaching his disciples not to worry and how not to have their soul cast into Gehenna or hellfire. He says here, verses 6 through 12, Aren't five sparrows sold for two Asaria coins? And according to my footnotes here, an Asaria coin was approximately an hour of wages. So five sparrows could be sold for two Asaria coins, or in other words, two hours of work. And so Jesus says, they're cheap. They're inexpensive to buy five sparrows. And yet not one of them is forgotten by God. And so he says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. 
And don't be afraid because you are of more value than many sparrows. So God cares about you enough to know about each individual hair on your head. And God sits there counting your hairs and knowing when more falls out. (laughs) Which has been happening to me recently. I've been losing quite a bit of hair. I think I'm in shedding season right now. But God knows that I'm losing hair (laughs) because he cares about me and he cares so much about me that he even knows the number of hairs on my head. And same with you too. He knows how much hair is on your head. He cares that much about you, even about the tiniest little details. I mean, we don't think much when we lose a strand of hair, right? It's just a tiny detail to us, but God knows about every individual hair on your body. So then he says, You are of so much value to God. So don't be afraid of the people that can come and kill you. God is going to watch out for you. He's going to be with you. He's going to guide you through it. Even if he does allow some people to be martyred, he's going to guide them through it and give them strength. We often hear stories of people who have been persecuted and martyred. All of a sudden, having this supernatural strength this supernatural joy and peace. And that's from God. I just read about one recently about somebody who was about to be killed but had so much joy. God grants supernatural joy to people who are going to be martyred. He gives them fearlessness and strength to those people, even though martyrdom is something that we don't like, we don't want. God gives us the strength to go through it if that's his will for us. Or he gets us out of it like he did with Peter. When the apostle Peter was about to go get killed by one of the kings, God actually got him out of that situation and sent Peter home. So, I mean, it's either or. Either God guides you through it or he rescues you from it. And it just depends on what God needs you for at that particular time. So Jesus is arguing to not be afraid of people because God is going to guide you through it. Instead of fearing people, fear God. Fear the fact that God desires your soul and that God wants you for him. Instead of trying to rescue your body, the the physical body that is going to die someday anyway, Jesus argues Don't try to rescue that. You're going to die someday. So make sure that your soul is going to the right place. So then he says, I tell you, everyone who confesses me before men, the son of man will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me in the presence of men will be denied in the presence of God's angels. So he says, make sure you're not ashamed of the gospel. And then he says, Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but those who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. These are called the scariest verses in the Bible. And this doesn't mean that if you say something stupid against the Holy Spirit, say you're, you're making some sort of joke against the Holy Spirit, this is not talking about that. I don't believe personally. I believe this is an ongoing rejection of the Holy Spirit. An rejection, a blaspheming of the Holy Spirit ongoing. So the way that you can choose to not only fear God, but also to not reject the Holy Spirit 
is to pronounce Jesus as your Savior, is to pronounce Jesus as God. That is the way that you not only fear God, but you also don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. If you are listening to this podcast because you are desiring more of Jesus, you are actively not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. If you're listening to this podcast to argue about it and to, uh, <laughs> to, to contact me and say how wrong I am and how Jesus isn't God, then I would argue that you are in the process of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But this process is a constant blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. If you choose Jesus as your Savior in the end, at that point, I believe that you do receive the Holy Spirit and you are no longer blaspheming him. But that is why this is the unforgivable sin, is because you die not believing in the Holy Spirit. And that is when your soul gets cast into Gehenna, like Jesus talks about here, because you actively rejected God throughout your entire life. So basically... In, in conclusion here, it says in verse 10, everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but those who blaspheme against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So you can insult Jesus. You can reject him. And I believe, yes, you are also rejecting the Holy Spirit at that point. But once you eventually stop rejecting Jesus and coming to him, you will be forgiven. And then that's when the Holy Spirit will also be with you. But that constant rejection of Jesus is also a constant rejection of the Holy Spirit. And that in the end is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, lastly here, it says in verse 11 and 12, when they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers and the authorities, don't be anxious how or what you will answer or what you will say for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that same hour what you must say. So the Holy Spirit will be with the disciples, the people who are being persecuted. And don't forget, we just talked about this, about how the Holy Spirit gives you this supernatural ability to have strength and joy. And also, he teaches you what to say during that time when you are being persecuted. And in that way, the disciples were going to be able to minister to kings about Jesus. Now, I don't believe that this is an excuse to like not study if you have to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> like teach something to your church or something. I don't believe this is an excuse like, oh, the Holy Spirit will fill me with his power once I get up there. No, I don't, I, I don't think that's what this is. I think this is talking specifically about martyrdom. And yes, you should definitely study scripture and make sure that you know what you're talking about before you get up to preach. But anyway, all of this was really just talking about Jesus teaching his disciples not to be afraid, teaching them to fear God, to fear the Holy Spirit, teaching them to trust in God's promises and trust that God is going to take care of them and that the Holy Spirit was going to fill them with supernatural power during the times that they do, in fact, have to be persecuted by man. So that's what this is all talking about. But also, it's talking about hypocrisy. So we need to be careful as Christians that we are doing what we are teaching. And that is so, so important because someday those sins that we struggle with, if, if we're being hypocrites about them, they will be exposed to everybody. So we have to be very, very careful of that to make sure that Christians don't like, look hypocritical, to make sure that we don't look hypocritical, and just to make sure that uh, we are just following God's word, even just for ourselves, because that's the best way to live. 
Anyway, friends and favorite listeners, go to the YouTube page and check it out. I'm going to drop a link to that in the bio of the podcast episode so you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and listen to my earliest episodes, which are all up. I'm working my way through Genesis and Matthew right now on the YouTube page. So I'm uploading all of those old episodes to that. I'm hopefully going to be starting some actual videos soon of myself talking about certain issues. I just haven't decided yet exactly what I want to do with that. <laughs> I don't have any ideas of how to, of like what to, to start the YouTube channel with, with my own videos. So once I think of an idea or once I get some ideas from you guys, I will start that up and learn the process for doing video. So definitely, if you have any ideas, contact me at www.p40ministries.com contact and tell me what ideas you think I should do regarding the YouTube channel. And I might do a video on one of those. So do that. I would love to hear from you guys. I just love it. So contact me, whether you have a prayer request, an idea, a concern, a question, anything. I am up for being contacted. Anyway, faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. Happy listening and God bless.